You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Welcome back to another episode of Pullbox Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Finley. I am your other host, Michael Cohen. We are on episode number 16, and you know what? We've decided that we're going to switch things up a little bit. Uh, we're going, instead of having one episode for all three of the books that we're reading this month, we're going to split them up so that we're only talking about one book per episode and we'll re- release them uh, throughout the month. So in this episode we are going to talk specifically about our reader poll this month which is Bone, the first volume mm-hmm. of Bone out from Boneville. Um, do you, uh, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about your history with Bone? Yeah, so Bone uh, and I think a lot of people around our age range I, I are, are going to have a very similar experience with Bone. Uh, Bone was first introduced to me in the pages of Disney Adventures, which was a kids magazine, digest format magazine, um, produced by Disney in the early 90s, mostly to promote things like Disney Afternoon and whatever their summer blockbuster movie was, um, like The Lion King or Aladdin or whatever. Uh, that was Those were like the primary... I, I, uh, reasons to 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 pick up a Disney Adventures was to find out like what's what's the new movie that's coming out what's the and 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 then there was kids content within there of like these are activities that you can do here's some crafts and stuff and some celebrity interviews and, and celebrity and... yeah but then the end of every Disney Adventures was packed full of comics yep and so there would be like a and let's be honest that's all we really read anyway. oh yeah for sure right <laughs> like unless unless you know jonathan taylor thomas was being interviewed and you really you were a really really big home improvement fan you just flipped right <laughs> to the back and you started reading and usually it was like it was the three or four comics uh of whatever disney afternoons was running at the time so there would be like some Darkwing comics and some tailspin and yeah. some gargoyles and and later on bonkers although nobody i don't i've never met a single person who liked bonkers really i like we talked about that another time but i yeah. love bonkers okay. i was actually a big bonkers fan. okay um <laughs> but then every once in a while there'd be these other comics that would come in that they would pull from other sources and one of those comics was bone yeah and i i now i'm i'm a little i'm a little sketchy on 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 the actual history of bone but was it originally done it was originally done in black and white wasn't it yes and then it was colorized for disney adventures that's right digitally and then eventually released in anthology in digital anthologies based on those colorizations from disney adventures right and then and disney adventures eventually stopped publishing anything so <laughs> yeah. so bone kept going after that but Oh yeah. Uh, well, the um, Bone started out. Um, there's actually a really long history of Bone. Um, back when Jeff Smith was in college, mm-hmm. he he created a, a comic strip, a newspaper comic strip for his college newspaper called Thorn, which was about Thorn, the Thorn okay. character, the girl, um, and it had in, she eventually introduced the Bone characters into that comic strip, and a lot okay. of the same story sort of played out in that. It was really rough. Um, 
it was it was you know he was an amateur at the time yeah. and then um he graduated and wanted to kind of go full into comics and refine his skill and such and started self-publishing bone individual issues um in comic newsstands like everybody else was okay. through his own self-started company called cartoon books um and then he did about 20 20 or so issues and then image picked it up okay and started releasing it um and then and then they only had it for about 20 issues or so this is in the early 90s okay um and i think he and um image and jeff had some sort of falling out and so he went back to self-publishing the rest of the issues and then he got a deal with disney adventures to um to sort of serialize it for a little while okay and it was i think it was only like the first few issues it didn't last very long it, in, in it didn't last very all. long at all because uh m- most of this like i and this is the thing is that I, I i feel like i've been familiar with bone since i was a kid and that's because i was reading it when i was like seven or eight um but reading through this first volume there was so much new (laughs) there was so much to me that was like i don't like and like i feel like they cut chunks out and i feel they did they absolutely did they censored a lot of it especially the parts with the kind of romances with thorn and and that kind of stuff they censored they did they did do that they reformatted it also because it's a square a much more square shape rather than rectangular so they had to edit some of the panels and um, but uh, and I think it was only the first issue that they serialized maybe six pages or eight pages yeah. at a time throughout the series, and then they stopped. They didn't do anything more than and when winter came. At yeah, the, at the end I of the do. I do remember distinctly. Like the you've got the book open to the panel where where he's like he gets warned about winter coming and he won't get out of the valley if yeah. if, if winter hits before he leaves. Uh, the snow comes and it comes fast. And I remember that visual gag distinctly of, yeah. of the of him being like, "Oh, I, I'll be fine. I just got to find my friends and then go." And then you <laughs> the, get the two panels of just this sheet of snow, and then the word "whump," and then he's just covered in snow. <laughs> I remember that inside the pages of Disney Adventures, and Definitely. it may very well have been the last time that Bone appeared. Yeah. So they, uh, and that was a that was an interesting thing because at the time. I think Disney was in talks with Jeff Smith about doing a Bone movie. Okay. Um, which could be why they were testing out the waters yeah. with Disney's adventures and stuff. But it didn't last long. The movie never went anywhere. Jeff Smith continued to self-publish his comic uh, in single issues up until, um, I don't know, early 2000s or something like that. I think um, there was 55 issues in total. Yeah. And they were all collected as well in... in in story arc volumes in black and white still just regular trade paperback comic format and then he got a deal with scholastic mm-hmm. and colorized the whole thing did a lot of he reworked some of the pages and added some backgrounds and stuff like that and and then released those and that's where he really kind of took off because yeah. once you have scholastic's backing and you're getting in all of the schools yep. and in all of those little um, take home um, scholastic book order oh, yeah. forms and book book fair was yeah it is book fair is one of the most important days of the year at school it, it really yeah, is in elementary school that's that's it's that's hugely important and I think since the, since the idea of the scholastic book fair 
uh, was was created, it's become like an integral part of of development, especially of like early readers and and like that the the front and center treatment of bone. I mean, like it is known first and foremost to many people as as a scholastic book, yeah. which is so interesting to have that whole history of the comic and then it's finally getting picked up by scholastic right. that takes it from being this sort of this weird memory for a lot of kids uh and then yeah. and then uh this underground thing for other people that you know was, was just kind of if you knew what bone was you knew what it was um and then all of a sudden yeah it, it's kind of got this mainstream-ish appeal but never quite i don't like the thing with bone that's weird to me is that it's never quite it's never quite taken off in the way that i feel like it deserves to like i like and and maybe well, that's jeff smith's own like maybe that's the way that he's kind of guarded the the property especially after what you said if if everything with disney has kind of happened in the way that you've talked about it i'm sure he's probably protective um yeah he really is and i've um i actually inquired after I finished my first book with IDW about the Chuck Jones comic strip Crawford, I contacted these guys because I wanted to try and um, get the the Thorn comic strip published, mm. and the publisher was on board with it and everything. And but they were like, "Jeff's not really proud of this. Um, he'd rather, you know, keep Just it keep it under his head." Kind of. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's out there. Um, I know that the 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 huge cartoon museum in Ohio has a lot of his because that's where he's from has a lot of his original comic strips from that era okay. kind of up on their walls and in their archives and um but I, I think he doesn't he this is his uh this is his work and he's he's proud of what it's become with the, the colorized version and everything and yeah this is it's like luke is saying this is how it's always going to be <laughs> yeah this yeah, is this it's is very it. much the special edition we're uh, it, it, yeah. we're never touching it again um yeah. this is this is the definitive version and i have to agree it, it, this is the definitive version the colors are absolutely beautiful yeah um usually when i see something being colorized I'm like does it really have to be because the original yeah. was black and white wasn't it meant to be black and white but um they, they've done a great job with these yeah there's I, I think there are very few examples of books that go from black and white to a colorized version that really uh, get enhanced by it Bone is one of them and Scott Pilgrim the colorized right. versions of Scott Pilgrim are fantastic um, and I own both I have the black and whites and the color versions yeah good and uh, it's yeah it, but I mean the thing with it being black and white originally I for me all that means is that the lines are as tight as possible because in order to tell that story in black and white that line work has to be perfect right like like the yeah the um the way that he sort of does the eyebrows and and when they're against a dark background the way that he'll trace it out yeah in in white it was sort of the white cutaway um you can see that like it's one of my things with jeff smith uh, whether it's Bone or or uh, he did a, a, a Shazam miniseries, a right. four issue Shaz- Shazam miniseries that is fantastic. Uh, his his artwork is always just so tight, and um, a lot of our friends that are artists, uh, one of the things that they always credit me with is that my line my line work is really tight and that that I always have really nice lines, but for me. I always look at my stuff 
and and they're comparing their <laughs> stuff to my stuff because like maybe they have like a more sketchy style and and then comparing it to mine they're like oh your lines are so tight but i'm comparing my stuff to guys like jeff smith because jeff smith especially with like the cartoony aspect of the bone characters uh that is that's what i strive for it's like jeff smith i um i uh mike krahulik uh, who does penny arcade um yeah. and then he's very influenced by um Oh, his name's falling out of my head. That did Kim Possible. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, what? What? Yeah, I can't remember his name either. Something is something silver, silver something. I can't remember. I his name's just falling out of my head right now. But um, I keep thinking Craig McCracken, but that's uh, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I like those are the styles that I'm looking at and that I'm trying to. <laughs> to get to and like Jeff Smith is one of those people and I think one of the reasons for that is because it's one of the earliest comics that I was reading I mean yeah. I was reading Sonic the Hedgehog and I was reading Disney Adventures like those those were my sources for comics and Bone was in there and and one of the things about Bone in Disney Adventures is that the comics in Disney Adventures for the most part were pretty crummy yeah, yeah. like this they definitely stands out <laughs> yeah they were they were conveyor belt uh, right. uh, here's a gag from an episode of Darkwing Duck that we're going to do a four page comic <laughs> about um, but then Bone comes in and it's this thing it's that polished is, and it's yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah that is that is actual art <laughs> yeah. right it's not it's not corporate art it is actual art for its own sake yeah. and uh, and I think that that left an impression on me like the 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 way that he uses line weight and uh, just that man that that perfect roundness <laughs> to bones nose and head is just it's something that I think that a lot of artists especially a lot of cartoonists oh definitely look my, at it and my go characters like, are all circles and yeah. I just like I gotta erase that so many times yeah. I want to know how long it took before bones head was muscle memory for yeah him. yeah. Yeah, because it becomes it, it. You can tell that it does become like a Charlie Brown or a Garfield, yeah. where the artist has drawn that one character so many times that uh, that that's what I think. That's why it ends up being that character. That's why Bone is the main character of Bone, right? Yeah. Uh, because really, the the I think the star of the the book is how he draws that character. Just yeah. it, it, the. Because once you get that down, once you get the, the the model down, that is just like your basic version of the model, adding the expressiveness becomes second nature. Because when you know it so intimately, it becomes so easy to squash, stretch, warp, and, and, yeah. and create more emotion out of that shape, right? And, and, and he does. I mean, Bone is the most expressive character in, in the series. Like, I... I you know that you've got other characters like the dragon and and uh, and 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 uh, the granny and and thorn and everybody and they're all they're all also very well drawn but it's it's this funny like it's almost like a Roger Rabbit type effect of like you've got these almost realistic looking characters yeah and then you have these bone characters alongside them and because of that it makes bone and 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 uh, and phony bone and smiley like they're they're that much more heightened than right. if they were just on their own right totally. if they were just 
in their own comic. If we were what if we were if this whole thing took place in Boneville, yeah, it would be a completely different yeah. feel for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, do they ever make it back to Boneville? Just spoilers, but do they ever make you, it back? You really want to know? Well, do you ever? I, I just want to know. Do we ever see Boneville? Like, we, do we never see Boneville? We never see it, right? The thing that I find so incredible about it is that Boneville is modern. Like, like the way that they talk about it with like, nuclear power and yeah, like, like, yeah. and and like, <laughs> like, like, like phony it talks about like stock market type yeah. things and like, yeah. like it's there's this weird thing of like <laughs> and man i would love to talk to jeff smith about this stuff and sort of get get into his head and find out why boneville is well, the, this place that they were exiled from yeah. and that but that it is basically the real world but the right. real world is where these weird characters came from yes right like what is the <laughs> yeah and, and is that just is that just serendipity like did it just kind of happen that way or or is it is there like a conscious you know message that he's got there whether it's necessarily for for the audience to understand i i don't think it is i mean i think it's absolutely if there's something going on there it is absolutely his own <laughs> sub narrative that, yeah. that, that 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 he's put in there but it's i, well, I, I think... find that part of it so fascinating I think part of it is that um, Bone is an everyman character, yeah. And to the extent that he's that Jeff Smith has stripped away all detail from yeah. the character, he's very basic, right? Yeah. He's just a white blobby character, so we can insert ourselves into Bone, yeah. Like we are Bone going through the adventure with him, yeah. To the to the highest degree. Um, if the main character was Grandma Ben maybe not as easy to relate to that kind of thing so to have bone come from a world that we are already familiar with yeah um that makes that makes us also relate to bone more and then he's thrown into this world that he knows nothing about and so are we yeah so um i think that there's there's a little bit of that as well um but it and it's just funny then also because they never really talk about bone uh boneville um it's just uh it's just a little aside they they just mention it in brief little it conversations just, yeah, casually it just, here it and just there. It's these little drops, but they have currency. Yeah. They have a yeah. democratic structure, and yeah. like it's yeah, it's really funny that uh, that they keep doing that. But yeah, so you've never read the whole thing. I haven't read the whole. I'm going to have to lend this to you then, yeah. because it from here, it just it, it just becomes an epic epic yeah. tale yeah. that is just fascinating and compelling. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and in yeah. fact, the way. The, the way that he introduces the first few um, the first few chapters of this volume being sort of comedic yeah um, very funny all of that's kind of lost toward the end yeah because um, comedy is kind of your way in yeah it makes you comfortable it hooks you gets you to know the character and then stuff starts happening and things get serious and then we're already so into these characters and, and friends with them that we really need to know what's yeah. going to happen next Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do want to continue reading Bones. So okay, good. So, yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. lend that to you because it's uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And you know, I have Bone in so many different versions because I have I don't have all of the single issues, but I have yeah. a lot of them. And then I bought all this the the Scholastic trades when they came out, and then Scholastic Canada has actually um, made these really nice three in one hardcovers 
that are um, okay. this is the first the each there's three of them and they each have three books uh, three volumes in them and they're all the, the colorized scholastic version but they print them at the size of regular comic book pages so okay. it's back to the original size of the of the comics which is great because I love to see some of his detail in there um, or not detail some of the he just leaves wide open space he, yeah, a lot of he's, time too. he's yeah he's a uh, that's one of the things about his art that I love is that um, in, in in his Shazam comic he does it by sort of like the city can be populated with all these characters in a very dense frames and then when Shazam is up in the air he's up in the air yeah. right and it gives you this feeling of freedom yeah. uh, and it's like the panel that you were just showing it's, it's there's all these densely the populated yeah. I, I, they're in the forest or trees yeah and... panels where it's just like everything's like really cramped and there's all this action going on and then the end of that like the, and, and I think it comes from doing strips it's that visual punch at the end yep um, where like and then there's a panel of going off a cliff and in order to get the feeling of falling off a cliff it's this half page and, and he pulls the camera way back it. yeah yep. um, and he's just he's a he's a, he really is like a, a master of that visual yeah. aspect of the storytelling um, so yeah even just to read the rest of Bone just to just to find things to steal from his style. <laughs> that's a, that's that's one of the things that uh, that I love the most about <laughs> Jeff Smith as an artist. He just, like, he's a he's a very good visual storyteller, um, and that comes across in the expressiveness of the characters. It comes across in the in in the sight gags. I mean, I, I, who's the little bug? Ted. Uh, yeah, Ted, and uh, Ted's brother shows up, and it's like, well, he's, uh, he's not doesn't look that threatening, and then he turns sideways, yeah. and you see he's that so that Ted's brother is actually huge. Yeah. Uh, he's not just this little paper thin yeah. character. Um, it's just his 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 visual his visual gags are great, but it also ends up informing so much of what else is going on. I mean, like Thorn. In the it, she she doesn't talk that much she doesn't do that much but what she does in this first volume it just speaks it it just it's huge right like you learn so much about her character um, and 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 it hints so much at at what's going to happen with that character like there's this real like quiet nobility about her that yeah. that from the first time you see her wading into the hot spring there's there's a it's it's a it's almost like this like arthurian moment of yeah. the like the like, lady in the lake yeah like you see her for the first time and you know instantly that that it's this beautiful girl in like sackcloth in the middle of the forest there must be something more to her right, right? Yeah, like there yeah. must be uh, it's the it's no different than the moment that Luke Skywalker first sees Princess Leia in the hologram, and he he's just taken with like she's beautiful, she needs help, and that's the adventure, right? Like yeah. and like that is the thing that's going to spur you on to adventure, and 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 that's a good hero's journey, and it, and and as you say, like if it gets more mythic from there, I mean, sure like. Does, yeah. That's Star Wars, yeah, right? That's yeah. every. I, I think every good mythic story which is starts why, with that that hook. Which is why this one, um, it follows all the right beats. Yeah, and it's sort of, um, like he obviously is a fan of 
Lord of the Rings and, and all of that yeah. kind of stuff too. And yeah, he just he he knows how to tell the story, mm-hmm. um, both in in an epic scope of it, but yeah. also from yeah panel to panel. Yeah. His drawing really tells the story as well. He's such a good storyteller in all of these different aspects. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that uh, I wanted to also mention is that um, Bone is also kind of responsible for a lot of the kind of the 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 way graphic novels are perceived today as well okay um because he was um when he started with scholastic scholastic didn't publish any graphic novels um this was the very first thing that they the very first graphic novel that they published and they created an imprint called graphics and and started publishing the bone books and because of the success of them in the schools they started um bringing in their own um creators and, and publishing more work and that kind of okay. thing and and kids comics just exploded but at the same time um because these ones were being sold in stores other books started being sold in stores and, and that's kind yeah. of where the boom happened a lot of it was because of the success of going okay. through scholastic so um which i think is great the the access to to graphic novels is so huge now yeah um and i think a lot of it is, is I, I, I yeah I think a lot of people today read comics in trade paperback or graphic novel format that's yeah. what they that's how people want to consume comics uh, yeah that's how I consume comics yeah right? I'm uh, I'm just now because Marvel is doing so much that I love I'm just now making the switch back in September <laughs> yeah um, for Iron Man uh, I think we talked about it last month but yeah all these these great new comics that I. Uh, I don't want to wait, uh, but I, I really wish that that Marvel would just start releasing things as trade paperbacks. Like I'll <laughs> I'll wait the six months, but like just you know just put out whole stories at a time uh, instead of instead of the episodic nature of it because that's how I would prefer to right that would, to enjoy yeah. my comics. But I just like with Spider Man and Iron Man and and the stuff that they're talking about doing. Um, I don't know. Like I just, I, 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 I want to be up to date. I want to be current. I don't want to yeah. be six to twelve months behind. That it. would be a drastic change in their oh, for sure. structure. For sure. I wonder if they did that. How if other companies would follow suit? I don't know. That would be yeah. an interesting thing to to try. Because then you could also you're not um, since you're not on a six month or a month at a time deadline. Yeah. Um, creators Keep especially artists together. could actually complete a whole story arc yeah yeah <laughs> uh, exactly. without delaying books or without um yeah. like you're just giving them more time to accomplish yeah. what they need to accomplish yeah um yeah. well i mean when you look at at like first second who we talk about a lot they, do they do issues they just nope. do graphic novels yep. right so you look at a company like that and it's like that's how as adults we definitely i think want to consume our, our content and with the nature of netflix and binge watching and all of that sort of thing i just think that that's the way that that uh that it that it kind of works now that's the way that people want to consume content especially because there's so much there's so much now so it's it's interesting to to kind of go backwards and see where that starts and 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 that bone is one of those things that that begins that especially because it does have at least in this first volume it does have that very much comic strip 
uh, it really does feel to it. it. Yep. So it's interesting that 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 legacy uh, of comic strips gets sort of uh, amalgamated into what what makes up Bone, and then Bone yep. gets released as a graphic novel, and then yep. that informs the way that we read a lot of comic books today. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh, there's a lot of history there. It's really great. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do we we haven't really even talked about the story story of itself. bone do yeah. we want to touch on that a little bit <laughs> um i mean I, I think i think the story is it, it to me the story at least of this first volume is the is the least interesting aspect of it 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 is very much um it's a first volume it's a first volume yeah. if we're gonna go with a star wars and uh, uh, analogy then it's very much episode one where there's a lot of talking about a lot of things yeah. and there's a lot of setting up of a lot of the world but nothing has actually happened yet. So the 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 it starts with them lost in the desert, uh, Bone, Phony Bone, and Smiley Bone, and uh, Phony has done something horrible uh, that we don't discover until later uh, that has caused them to be exiled from Boneville, uh, and and they're out in the desert and they get separated by a swarm of locusts. And uh, and Bone ends up on the other side of this ravine, um, and and ends up in 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 this valley. And this valley is a place he doesn't know exists, and and is it's not on any of his maps. It's, yeah, it's not on any of the maps, and it's this weird, uh, uh, from his perspective, this weird sort of almost throwback world. Uh, like, and he meets Ted the Bug and Ted's big brother, who is a giant bug I, I and and there's a dragon following him who's helping him but not really and, and then these rat creatures and, and and then he runs into these rat creatures uh, that uh, that want to eat him uh, but uh, I, the the dragon protects him sometimes and other times not really um, and he sort of starts to make a life for himself and then encounters thorn and by encountering thorn gets pulled into something much larger we find out that the rat creatures are working for uh one really big rat creature who is being commanded by uh, the grim reaper oh yeah the hooded one yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah who who uh for some reason wants phony bone yeah so then but some prophecies yeah because some prophecies so eventually the the three our three bone uh, uh cousins meet back up um, throughout sort of all of the the events of it, and uh, and that's kind of where we're left at the end. Uh, there, the 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 cow race is the next story, as, right? As, as I can tell, <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's yeah, there's just so much mystery that they hint yeah, at. Like, yeah. why is Grandma Ben so strong? Yeah, and she knows the dragon, but doesn't want to talk about him. Yeah, what is the deal with the hooded one? Like, what does he look like? Under there the was mask? a war, and... but with the rat creatures previously. Yeah. They, that they talk the, about yeah, yeah the great what did they what does grandma ben call it i think they was just, just called the, the great, great war, war. i think that's what they call it right yeah so it there it's uh again it's, it's like star wars it's like any of these great mythologies that get created uh you you build a world around it yeah and something has happened before yeah right i i so many stories they start and like that's the story right um and 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 i think 
I think with a lot of comic books, with a lot of superhero comic books, that tends to be the case where it's like, this is a character and that character is the beginning of the story and nothing else exciting has happened. But at a certain point, it always turns out that something happened before that. Like yeah. somebody there's comes along it, and goes, yeah. no, 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 there's a backstory to all of this. <laughs> but I think really great mythology, um, it starts from that place. It starts from a place of like, no, there's a whole backstory here. And obviously... Which is what... Thorn, Thorn I, I would imagine, informs a great deal of the backstory of, of Bone. Uh, that, that, that whether or not Jeff Smith got to the point of telling some of those stories or not, much like George Lucas, who had written everything down and he had this great epic and then went, I'm just going to tell this part of the story for right. the movie because this is where it gets exciting. Yeah. Right? This is where it's really, really good. It's just this, this find the secret plans, blow up the Death Star. Um, and then and that you, very much is the beginning of Bone. Okay. It, it follows that Star Wars feel um, quite a bit. It doesn't yeah. get heavy into... I mean, you do find out about the stuff before, yeah. but... Um, Cause, well, because then you just get to infer the conflict between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, and it's this much larger thing, because now it's now it's epic in scope, right? Like, yeah. that's how you make it epic in scope, is you 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 allude to the fact that Grandma Ben has fought rat creatures before, yeah. and they, like, they are nothing compared to her. And it's so, like you say, like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Who is she? Because she is kind of your Obi-Wan Kenobi in this, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, she's clearly got all of this power, but... But she hides it well. But, yeah, yeah. but where does it come from, right? Like, yeah. what is the story behind that? Um, and, and yeah, like, that's why it, it, it propels you forward, because you want to uncover these mysteries as much as Bone does because he he very much in the world is like what's going on I don't understand <laughs> and neither do we so we kind of follow along with him um, it's it's expertly crafted in that way right mm-hmm. and it is very much that that hero's journey well you know I think that um, maybe I want you to read the rest of the series okay and then maybe we should revisit it after you've sure gone through the whole thing and I'm going to reread it too because yep. I, uh, I I like to go th- it's been a little while since I've reread it um, and then in a future episode, we should talk about the final volume and yeah. see uh, what your yeah. thoughts are there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. good to me. Kind of like we've do, we're, we're going to do with, uh, we've talked about doing that with uh, Fables as well. Right, because the last read volume the first just volume. came out. Yeah, and the last volume just came out. So I've actually been reading, I was behind on Fables, so I've been reading to catch up so that oh, I good. can read that. Yeah, I think volume. I'm just two volumes behind now, the we're last the one and the one place. before yeah. that. So yeah, good. Yeah, we should totally do yeah. that. Cool. <laughs> Cool. Uh, well, you know, some of the the other we forgot to mention two things. Okay. One is that this reader poll was suggested by Carl German. Yeah. Uh, one of our good buddies here at Pullbox Podcast recommends a lot of stuff, and he loves this book. And you know what? So do we. The other thing yep. is that um, Scholastic sent us a copy of um, their new tribute edition of Out from Boneville, okay. uh, which is a really nice hardcover. Uh, okay, version. so that that's the one that I read. That's the one you read, and and in the back of it, there's a there's a little special poem about the wrecked creatures eating quiche and, yes uh, which, which was great. fantastic it's uh, i'm glad that you mentioned it because that's my favorite part of this first volume yeah is this i actually really i really like these two i, yeah. I like their characters and and i hope that they continue on throughout it because they, oh, they do okay because because yeah. they uh in fact they, they play a very you, important role later on okay because yeah. they make you feel for both sides right yep. like 
uh, it's very easy to just think of the rat creatures as the bad guys, but then you just see these guys, and they're just too stupid to know any better. <laughs> like that's really what it is. Yeah, um, and they're kind of adorable uh, in yeah. their grotesque way, totally. in their grotesque monster way, and just the way that the brown one writes about his quiche, and how the <laughs> other one's too stupid to understand how this poem how, is terrible. <laughs> yeah, how it just a nice. A nice quiche would be so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to eating the dead thing under the bush. Which constantly comes up in this first volume. After they mention it, after he mentions it the first time. Yeah, having eaten the, the dead thing they found under that bush. And that it was alright, but this would, the eating bone would be much better. Yeah. It would be much, much better. Um, it, it becomes like a, a running gag with them. It's like... <laughs> Oh, King Doc, would you like a piece of the dead thing that we found under the bush? It was quite tasty. Uh, yeah, they're they're it's perfect. They're good characters. Yeah. Um, also, in the back of this book is um, our pinups of yeah. um, from a bunch of different comics, uh, comic creators. Some that you may know, some that you may not know. Um, like Kazuki Bushi, who does the Amulet series, he's fantastic. Um, there's one by um, Jeffrey Brown. Um, who does uh, the uh, Vader and Son yeah. stuff? And um, which we read his uh, his book, I, I, the yeah. Jedi Academy. Raina Talgemeyer, who does Smile, and um, Craig Thompson, who does Blankets. Like the, the there are a whole bunch of people just doing their tributes because these are the people who grew up with Bone as yeah. well. Probably yeah. Disney's Adventures or the single issues, um, but they're all heavily influenced by Bone, and now they're getting to pay their tribute in the tribute edition. Cool. So yeah, thanks to Scholastic for sending us this. Yeah, like, thank you very much. It's just fantastic. We love it. Um, also, this month we will be talking about Pretty Deadly. That's your pick for this month. Yep. Uh, that'll be in a future episode. Um, and then uh, my pick this month is We Three from Vertigo, uh, and that that will be I think at the end of the month we'll release that that episode as well. Yeah. And what are we talking about next month? What's on our reading list? This, uh, so this next month, month uh, my poll is uh, Lumberjanes um, by uh, by a, by a few people. I got I got to flip open because just their last names are on the front. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, written by Noel Stevenson and Grace Ellis, uh, and illustrated by Brooke Allen. Um, and then you've got uh, colors by Marta Laiho and uh, letters by Aubrey Ayes. Well, uh, uh, an all-girl cast. Yep, fantastic. Uh, and 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 that is an important part of of the makeup of this book. So Lumberjanes is basically about a group of um, they're kind of like kind of like scouts, kind of like Girl Scouts. Yeah. Uh, but they're at this camp, um, and uh, I, weird things are afoot. And I've actually, I'm 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 cheating because I've actually read the first issue of this already, um, because I just couldn't wait because I because cool. this is something that's been on my list to read for a long time because I've heard a lot of good things, but yeah, it is it's a comic uh, about girls written by women uh, for a female audience and and I think that that uh, I, I think that's something to highlight so cool uh, so yeah Lumberjanes is is my pull. And then my poll for this month is Dylan Dog, um, the first issue from Dark Horse. The, this is an Italian comic. It's the, apparently the second best-selling Italian comic, um, and it has been since the 80s. So Dark Horse has um, translated a few, so we're going to be rereading the first issue of the Dark Horse series, which is called Dawn of the Living Dead, uh, and it's created by Tizano Scalavi. 
So that's, that's that. And then our reader poll for this month is uh, suggested by Craig Elliott. He says that we should read Irredeemable. He picked up the first volume on a whim and then had to immediately get the second and the third volume because he was hooked um, by Mark Wade, Peter Krebs. Um, and Irredeemable is, let's see, is it our third or our fourth book that is basically taking the superhero trope and then turning it on its head? Yeah, right? I guess so. It's, uh, um, and we'll see how these guys do it. Yeah, I guess it's our fourth because we did, we did, uh, uh, we've done Powers, we've done um, Astro City, Astro City, uh, and we've done um, Invincible. Oh yeah. And so this this is our fourth look at what is basically I think it's its own genre. Like I think it's a subgenre of superhero comics, and that's the superhero comic that is. Uh, a commentary on superhero comics, <laughs> yeah. right? Because this right. is the, he's yeah, very are, much a Superman character. There are so character. many of those, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I uh, well, that's it for this the sixteenth episode uh, of Pullbox Podcast, uh, where we talked about Bone, and uh, we'll be back sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, uh, to talk about Pretty Deadly, so uh, stay tuned for that. Of course, you can uh, keep up to date with everything Pullbox Podcast by heading to pullboxpodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pullboxpodcast and on Twitter at pullboxpodcast. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And at Curtis Findlay. Curtis with a K, Findlay with F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And, uh, and of course... I, I, we are part of the Thunder Quack Podcast Network, so you can check out all of the other great podcasts in the Thunder Quack Network by heading to thunderquack.com. And, uh, and you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack, where you can chip in and, uh, and, and help support us at the cost of, of hosting podcast files and whatnot. Um, and uh, and and also get some cool perks. Uh, for instance, if you wanted to listen to all three comics, uh, listen to us talk about everything from from this month, uh, you could pledge and get everything early. So you'll get you basically get it all at once, and you can listen to the whole episode uh, as opposed to In throughout segments. the month. Um, yeah, so uh, you can do that. You can also. I head there and at the $15 level you basically get to pick a book uh, and and actually record a 20 minute segment with us uh, and and uh, and we will we'll read your book we'll it'll it'll be on the podcast and uh, and that that'll be uh, uh, sort of its own thing now with our new format so so that's uh, at $15 that's that's all it takes to to tell us what to read and uh, and actually get to be on the podcast and talk to us mm-hmm. uh, about that comic. Um, so so those are some of the great perks that you get uh, by being a, a, a supporter over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, as well as access to, to stuff from all of our other podcasts. So um, that's uh, that's uh, we, we thank everybody for supporting us through Patreon, and we hope that you'll go check it out. And if it's for you, uh, that's cool. Otherwise... Uh, it's all good. Uh, the podcast will always be free. Um, I, so yeah, uh, that that does it for this episode of the Pullbox Podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Keep reading comics. <laughs>